0: Balancing Point Podcast, episode 33.
1: Welcome to the Balancing Point Podcast, where we invite you to join us on a journey into the amazing world of professional ballet. Our guests will provide you with an inside peek into this exclusive world while offering motivation and inspiration on how to not only succeed in dance, but also in life. And now, your host, Kimberly Falker.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Kimberly Falker, and thanks for joining me today on Balancing Point Podcast. We're going to go ahead and jump right into today's content. My guest today is Amy Brandt, and she's the advice columnist for Point Magazine. You'll hear a little bit more about Amy's history with Milwaukee Ballet, Suzanne Farrell Ballet, and also her new promotion as the editor in Dance Teacher Magazine. So let's go ahead and get started with today's show. So Amy, you began your professional career um with milwaukee ballet but where did you start with your training when you were growing up
1: um i trained at a studio in libertyville illinois which is a northern chicago suburb called dance center north um and i mostly trained there um i also uh went to the milwaukee ballet school in the summer times and the ruth page foundation in the summer times as well so um you know, I kind of supplemented my dance training.
0: And then how old were you when you auditioned for Milwaukee Ballet?
1: Um, I was 18. Um, I had okay. just graduated from high school. And uh, that summer I went to the Milwaukee Ballet School summer program uh, with the hopes of getting a traineeship. The, it, at the time it was sort of an in-between you're not quite a company member, but you're not quite a school student this sort of limbo position. So um, the whole the summer, the entire summer was an audition process. So you know, it was six weeks—it was a little stressful, but um, at the end of probably the fifth fifth week, uh, the director of Milwaukee Valley called me into the office and and offered me a position. So that's how I got started. Um, so I was a trainee for about two and a half years and then joined the company after that full time. Oh, wow.
0: So, so did you, um, prior to that, did you do regular school growing up?
1: I did. Um, I had a very, very normal childhood uh, in terms of I went to, um, you know, my regular high school all four years. Um, I trained at my local dance studio. I never went away, you know, to performing arts high school or um, – to a big school, um, and, you know, I never left my, my family. So, and I was actually very involved in my high school as well. I did a lot of, um, musical theater and, um, you know, I was on the pom-pom squad and, um, nice. academically too. So, it, um, but, and then, but then I would, of course, after school, spend all evening, you know, at my dance. Right. Stuff, so, So then,
0: you know, I've heard great things about Milwaukee Ballet, but what kind of drove you or kind of steered you to that direction as far as companies go?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. They were about an hour away from where I grew up. Um, And when I was about 15, I went to their summer program. It was my first summer program away from home. Um, And I just really, really enjoyed myself there. I really liked the city. I really liked... School and um, um, I, had been, I was since I lived so close. I was able to see the company perform, and um, it just, oh sure. I just felt a instant connection there, and they liked me as well. They had, had mentioned um, to me when I was still in high school that they were interested in me for the trainee program. So, um, knowing that they were interested in me, it kind of just helps. That does help. <laughs> yeah, get a foot in the door um, professionally because it's very tough to find that, that first job.
0: Right, right. And that's what I've heard is yeah. that, you know, you've got to get that first job somehow. And,
1: um, you know, I I auditioned for other schools too. Um, and But Milwaukee had always just shown the greatest interest in me. And my teacher, um, you know, who was sort of mentoring me through this whole time, she really encouraged me to... Um, kind of go where they showed interest. And I'm glad I did because I ended up staying there for eight years and a wow. great career there. A lot of great games. And then from
0: Milwaukee, you wound up with Suzanne Farrell in D.C. Mm-hmm. Share a little bit about that
1: transition. Um Well, that, that transition was a little tough for me, I'll, I'll admit. Um, in 2003, we had a new director come in to Milwaukee and he... Um, uh, decided not to renew my contract, so I was oh. actually out of a job. Um, oh gosh! And which is a tough situation to be in. And did he do a lot of clearinghouse with the company? He did. Yeah, it was a it was a big change, and that's very it's very common when yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah,
0: it happens in businesses too. Yeah, yeah
1: it happens <laughs> everywhere. It's, it's a- I mean, people kind of want
0: their own mark on it. I yeah. guess I'd say. Yeah, so it was it was tough, but. Um, where did the um, original or the previous director go?
1: Uh, the previous director was Simon Dow, and he ended up moving back to Australia, which is he was from, um, and he took a post as director of the West Australian Ballet in Kirk. Um So
0: that wouldn't be a logical following.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I was interested in moving that far away. So, um, so yeah, when he left, um, it, you know, shook things up. But it was tough, but eventually I found um, – Kind of a new my career took a really different direction uh, a new direction and it ended up being you know a good thing um, so so I, I I auditioned for a lot of companies um, and you know it's very it's very difficult to find a job um, but I also wasn't feeling to me it was important to really feel a kind of family, like a, just a connection to where I going to work, where I was going to move, you know, wh- where is my next home supposed to be and that kind of you know, if I didn't make an audition, I, it wouldn't bother me as much because I would think to myself, I don't really feel like this is where I fit in or where I belong and um, when I auditioned for Suzanne in Washington went to Washington um, I just, I don't know, I just had a feeling, i and I. With her, there was a connection between us. Um, I enjoyed the staff. I, I, there's a, they do a lot of touring, which really appealed to me. Um, when I danced in Milwaukee, we all you know, only danced in Milwaukee. We really didn't branch out beyond Wisconsin. And Suzanne's schedule is difficult. It's not as full-time as most other companies. It's very on and off. So we work for like a six week period and then we're off for a few months and then we meet up again. And so it, it's, it's a different type of lifestyle. So
0: do all of her dancers have like side gigs or how do they pretty much keep up?
1: Yeah. Um, some of them dance with full-time companies, uh, like one of our principal dancers dances with ballet Arizona and uh, another principal okay. dances with national ballet of Canada and they kind of secure time off and come work with us. Um, but, you know, the most of us, yeah, we, we freelance with other companies in the interim. Um, I also took that as an opportunity to start writing, and, um, that's, you know, so I kind of juggled that dancing and writing for a few years. So, but the touring aspect of the company really appealed to me as well as the, the Balanchine repertoire. We did a little bit of Balanchine in Milwaukee, but, um, but I really, was interested in getting kind of immersed in the balance. Right.
0: And it's a smaller company,
1: right? Um, it, it depends on the year. It, it fluctuates, but it, it's not that much smaller. Um, uh, you know, at times we've been wor- worked with, you know, 35 dancers. Other times it's been 22. So it just kind of okay. on the year.
0: <laughs> and then does she, um, choreograph her own dances as well or, or, primarily just pull from a certain existing
1: no um she most everything we do is balancing. we've done
0: okay
1: ballets by uh, maurice bejar and jerome robbins yeah and, but what, what she does do is she'll take like a um, a rarely seen balancing ballet that's sort of oh, that's lost neat. and we will reconstruct it which has been really really cool really interesting um,
0: and she is a dance legend what was it like dancing under or for her you know for her company
1: um very very inspiring I have to say um, she's very uh, how do I put it? she's very quiet and and almost shy um, but just sort of her being when she enters a room you just kind of there's this instant. Uh, Kind of reverence and respect that you want to pay someone like that, and she's um, she expects a lot from us. You know, she really expect us to give 150 percent, and I really like that. And it, it's I, I really need that. I needed that in my career. I really wanted to work, you know, with someone where, you know, you're just expected to always be giving your all. And she's interesting because she really lets you, um, she doesn't want you to dance exactly like she danced. She's really interested in bringing out the artist within you, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, and plus, she just has wonderful insights into the choreography. A lot of it was created on her. So, But there's also, I mean, her class, taking Suzanne's class for 10 years, um, I, it really opened up my ear t- to music. You know, Suzanne's very known for her musicality and class just makes you aware of every possibility in a musical phrase. You know, you, you start, I really developed, um, a stronger sense of musicality working for her and I was able to become a very fast dancer. I, you know, can dance very quickly as compared to when I, was at Milwaukee Ballet because they just stress different things.
0: So how long, you, you mentioned that you just recently retired, how long were you with Suzanne Farrell Ballet?
1: Ten years. Okay, wow.
0: So I bet that started to really feel like a family after a while.
1: Very much. That was the that was the most difficult part was to say goodbye to everyone. I'm. It was really hard. It was very challenging. In fact, it was hard for me to even tell people that I was planning on retiring because... Um. Yeah. It just was so hard to say goodbye, you know. But,
0: huh. Right. Well, I think new chapters in life are really hard, no matter what you do. You know, it's it's, and especially something that is has been such a part of your life that particular family that you are in.
1: Yeah, a lot of us um, have danced together for many, many years. So,
0: what will you do next? You know, you mentioned that you're now the editor of um, Dance. Teacher Magazine, is that what you said?
1: Right, um, so that's, that's sort of my, my primary focus right now. Um, I'm still uh, trying to stay in shape. So um, I I live in New York City, so um, i There's a lot of opportunities a lot there. lot of freelance opportunities. I wouldn't mind doing a few uh, gigs here and there. Um, I yeah. have a couple of people I've that I dance for on the side, so uh, if I can make that work, great. For the next year, too, you know, that would be great. But you know.
0: you're primarily known from my perspective as um, the advice um, columnist for Point Magazine for the Ask Amy yeah. um, <laughs> it, uh, column. But how did you get that job? That's really a fun one, I bet.
1: Yeah, it, it's um, really, it was very unexpected. It's nothing that I ch- chased after at all. Um, but it's been a lot of fun and it's opened up a whole new world for me. But basically um, I've been going to school on the side part time for many years to complete my degree. Um, And I'm an English major and I was in, I was going to be in New York for the spring Um, and I didn't have a lot going on, a lot of freelance gigs happening, Uh, not too many performances. So I kind of had a lot of free time and I just, uh, happened upon Dance Magazine's website and down at the bottom it just said be an intern with Dance Magazine. So I thought oh well maybe I could do that. since You know I'm in school I need the credits. So um, I applied and they called me in and interviewed me and everything and they said okay well we'll let you be an intern. They were like you're a little old to be an intern because I think I was like 31. I I was 30. <laughs> but I just said, you know, I have to start somewhere, I might as well I enjoy writing, so um so I I worked for them for a year as an intern. I would go in, you know, two days a week and um I really enjoyed it and developed some relationships with the people there and Dance Magazine and Point magazine and Dance Teacher and Dance Spirit, they're all owned by the same company, so Okay. Um so um you know, a lot of the editors from one work for the other or they moved Right. From. And um so after I left, my supervisor who had supervised me at Dance Magazine a few months later was promoted as editor in chief of Point. And okay. so with that changeover they decided to, to change a few things and the editors decided they wanted a regular advice column with a regular advice columnist. And so right. Called me out of the blue and asked me if I wanted to do it, and um, I like I I actually told her I needed to think about it. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be sort of like in the magazine every month and giving kind of doubted whether I could do it, you know. And um, so I said, "Do you mind if I have the weekend to think about it?" And she said, what, what's to think about? Like, oh, no, I just a lot so um but she said that she had liked working with me and thought I had you know I was very down to earth and that I'd had a broad career she said you know in a kind of regional full-time company you've done a lot of touring you've done freelancing you've done a lot of contemporary classical balancing so she thought I would be a, a good person to give advice so um
0: so how long have you been there doing that um, advice column now?
1: I think since, I think, 2009, I think. <clears throat> yeah, so I started right away, and it's interesting, I kind of have like, kind of grown into it when I read like the first couple of <laughs> issues. And I oh, read yeah. them, like, <laughs> You know, and if if there is a question that I feel is like out of my my range, I get a lot of questions about injuries. Well, that's what I was
0: wondering. So, one of, one of my questions was going to be, what was your most common question? So,
1: um, a lot of injury questions, and and honestly, I'm not that prepared to answer those because I don't. So, a do med- you
0: ask um, like a doctor? Or yeah. I how usually, do you get that answer?
1: Um, I usually um, contact like either a doctor or a physical therapist, and I always try to find. Or I always do find someone who specializes in dancers, so not just a random, you know, doctor, but someone who really understands how dancers think and understands dance and ballet and you know what body and everything. So, um, so I usually will contact them and talk, interview them, and then kind of relay what they say. And,
0: and do you have like any sort of um, team that you consult with on just? Every question or do you, you work through the questions from your own personal experiences?
1: Um, a lot of it is, I mean, I have a team of editors who will let me know if they think something is sort of off track or sounds too harsh or, you know, but um, <coughs> um, a lot of it just comes from my own experience and sometimes I'll ask my friends what do you think about this? This is what I was going to say. Does this sound like off the mark? And, or if there's something that's more dance related that I, that I don't have really the knowledge to answer, I'll, I'll try to find a dancer in a company somewhere else.
0: You know, kind of on any given or in any given month, how, about how many questions do you receive?
1: You know, I'm not sure the magazine, um, they're sent to a separate email address and the magazine kind of through them and then oh
0: so there's like a whole separate kind of review team so you get sent
1: questions that they want you to answer right and then I I mean I have I can say if I think something is inappropriate or if I think we've already done this or we've a very similar response to last month you know um so because
0: there's there's got to be just so many kind of thematic questions that you get you know
1: yeah there's a lot of audition questions um injuries, um, a lot of questions. How do I get started? Right. You know, I'm 18 years old. How do I How do I get out there? How do I join a company? How do I make the right decision about who to dance with? It's interesting to see the questions that come in. I bet. And
0: I bet it's somewhat seasonal. Like around audition time, you probably get a lot of audition yeah, questions. And
1: I think the editors keep that in mind. You know?
0: So they try. Yeah, because like right now, I'm doing kind of a, a series just on auditions because it's on the top of most dancers minds and their parents as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, summer intensive and company audition season to some degree. Yeah.
1: It's a stressful time of year. Be a yeah. Well, it's a costly time too. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, um, it's very expensive. I mean, and a lot of travel to places. Yeah. A like, an audition fee like once you get there they want you to pay a fee to audition i
0: mean it's like 35 dollars an audition and yeah um, you know and it's hard because when you have good companies it is a nice master class so you do kind of want to expose the dancer to those opportunities but then all of a sudden it doesn't feel like much if it's 25 to 35 at a time and then all of a sudden you look back on your bank records you're like oh my goodness that was five (laughs) hundred dollars
1: yeah, it's very expensive. Um, when you're when you're a little more experienced and you know it's it's better, I think, to go and take company class. That
0: makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because um, that way you get to see
0: right. But what age do you think that would be that you should do that?
1: Well, I mean, I would say once you have a year or two under your belt. I mean. I, I don't know if the, if companies would be very open to letting someone just out of high school come take company class. Usually they try to like push them through their second company. Or, but you know, I would say once you have a year or two. You mean probably, out of high school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, or just I mean, if they're gonna if they would let you take company class, that'd be neat. And you know yeah. advantage of it because it does give you an opportunity to see who you'd be working with feel for the city. Cause that's, a, that's a big part of it too.
0: Yeah. You want to live kind of where you're happy.
1: Right. Right. I mean, sometimes when you're, you're young, you, you kind of just have to take what you can get. That's but. a good point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so as an editor um, of the dance teacher magazine, what are your role or wh- how will that look for you? Is that kind of bringing in the articles or what, What's your job tasks with that?
1: Um, well, there, I I have one section of the magazine that I kind that I write. Um, it's, the, it's the it's called technique, I like the name of the section. Uh, and then <coughs> I have two other sections of the magazine where I hire writers, and then I edit their work. So it's sort of a different. I'm used to being on the writer end where I, you know, write it all and send it in and then they edit my stuff. So now I'm editing other writers' work and so it's it's um, <laughs> kind of a little nerve-wracking. It would be, but how exciting too. Yeah, it's 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 really um, it's really different than dancing. It's obviously very sedentary, which I'm having a little trouble getting to that, <laughs> but um, but it's very mentally challenging. I mean, it really works your brain. I I'm thinking constantly, like, you know, just always um, this is one of the things I I like about writing. You know, what do I?
0: So, um, do you get to work out of the house, or do you actually go to a physical
1: building? No, I go. They have an office, and so you know, it's the real yeah. deal. Physical, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: you join the rest of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it's not it's not bad at all. It's really challenging. Um, but it is different. It's different to. Uh, kind of be able to take lunch whenever I need to take lunch instead of <laughs> you can actually in eat <laughs> in this very strict schedule where you can't you know with the day or minute of rehearsal right. you know it's just a, a little more relaxed that way but um but challenging because you are kind of in one place and and it's very it's very quiet job you know it's very internalized and I'm used to being in a studio where you're talking to people all afternoon. Right moving and engaging. And so that's been the hardest thing for me to get used to.
0: Oh, I bet. Yeah. What was your favorite thing about being a professional ballerina?
1: I would say two things. Obviously, the first thing would just be the, the opportunity to to perform and to really delve into a, a character and become something other than yourself on stage to me. I mean, that is the whole reason why I wanted to become a dancer. I, I just, I loved that becoming something greater than yourself, you know, just, um, cause that's always how I felt on stage. I felt like I no longer Amy Grant, but I was you know, this other kind of creature. And yeah, I really will miss that. Um, and 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 the second thing I will miss is just the camaraderie with with my company members. You know, I mean, I really those friends you'll have for the rest of your life, and you develop such a strong bond because it's it's so emotional dancing. It's 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 very personal, and um, it, it's emotionally difficult to to be a dancer. I mean, you're always pushing yourself, and always nothing it's never enough you know you're always questing to be perfect and um it it can get you down a lot of times and that's probably one of the things I struggled with the most was confidence and right um you know never being able to be exactly where I wanted to be um so I think because it is that like emotionally taxing you, you do develop very close friendships with the people you're with and
0: and then, you know, you're in your job as the advice columnist, columnist, you're accustomed to giving advice, but what's one piece of advice that has been given to you that has stuck with you through the years?
1: Um, probably most, like the most, and it was very simple, but one day I, I used to just get very down on myself, upset over things in class, you know, if I didn't get a correction, or, you know, if I fell out of a pirouette, or I missed a jump, you know, it would, like, ruin my day, and I had a teacher (laughs) say, Amy, it's just ballet. You're not feeding the homeless, you know. (laughs) And that kind of, like, helped me gain some perspective on, on, um, you know, what I'm doing. I mean, it's not to say dance isn't important, or ballet isn't important. I mean, you really do have to put everything into it, but um, it can kind of consume you. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that once I learned to not let dance kind of just consume my entire being and, and, and gain some perspective and look at the rest of the world out there, you know, other things that are happening. Um, sometimes it did, would get to the point where I'd have to think of, you know, okay, there are people who are really struggling, and I am so lucky to be doing this, right. this incredible career that I've always wanted to do. And if I fall out of a pivot today, it just doesn't matter. You know, I another another woman who was rehearsing me and I was getting upset over something emotional, and she just shook her head and just kept saying, "It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter." And, and I kept saying, "But, but," and she just would override me and say, <laughs> it doesn't "Matter." And that was the most helpful thing for me to, to learn from and it, it just helped me become a more grounded and confident, mature professional. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. good advice. And then going back to your role as an advice giver, um, since I'm in the middle of the series on auditions, what is your um, best advice for aspiring dancers in the middle of their auditions?
1: I would say I just wrote something about this. One of them, you know, it's really easy to take a rejection very personally, and some of it is personal. I mean, a a director may just flat out like not care for your dancing or think your body type is not right for his company, and that's hard to to hear. Um, But you you have to really not take things so personally. You know, it doesn't mean to not take some, you know, some feedback and say, okay, you know, take it with you and like apply it to your life. But um, you know, if you're at a cattle call audition and you don't make it to the, the final round, um, there's a lot of things that are just not in your control. You know, you can't control what the director wants. Um, if he doesn't want a dancer like yourself, like you can't really control that. So um when you can kind of let some of that go, it makes the audition process a little easier, a little less personal. You still want to give everything and put your best self forward. Um, and you know, but I think to me, it always helped with nerves and just for my own, you know, mental health to like realize that there are so many dancers out there who want jobs and there are so few jobs and you know, if you don't make, the final cut like okay you just have to keep moving forward you can't let it um you know ruin the month the plow and um that's always been the most helpful thing that that's always what helped me because i've auditioned a lot of places
0: (laughs) no that's good that's great advice and then um, in closing, I'd like to ask a few final questions for all of my guests. But um, the first one is, if you could go back in time to your 13-year-old self with the wisdom and confidence and lessons you've learned along the way, what advice would you give
1: to yourself? Um, probably what I mentioned before about perspective, you know, just to, um, well, let me think. There's more I could say. One thing I could say is there's more than one way of to be a dancer. There's not just one road that everyone has to take. And if you don't do it exactly this way, you'll never make it. Um, right. I have found to be utterly false. There are many, many options and many directions you can go and, and still become a dancer and still have a successful career.
0: Right. And even looking at what you do now professionally – you know, even if if you have a passion for dance and maybe dancing is not the option, you can still have a a life filled with dance, like what you do in as a writer. So that's one of the reasons that I started this podcast is to realize how many paths are available, and what I'm finding it's just amazing. You know, yeah. the types that I've interviewed, and you're right, it's it's there's so many ways to approach it, and I'm trying to help dancers aspiring dancers and parents realize that you know your path might be completely outside of what you even can envision and it might be bigger than you thought even yeah though.
1: exactly i mean i i think i mean i think of the direction that my career took and and you know on on paper it doesn't look ideal it doesn't look like to, to freelance and but i'm really happy i did it i i got to work um really one-on-one with um, some up-and-coming choreographers and really have a personal investment in the work right. we're doing. And even if the performance was on a smaller scale, it was um, very important to me. And, right.
0: And you might have grown at a larger scale than you would have otherwise. Exactly.
1: You know? I feel like I I really matured as a dancer once I did kind of move to New York and, and had to kind of carve my own way, dancing with Suzanne for part of the year and then um, really advocating for myself and getting myself out there and dancing with these other groups the rest of the year. And that
0: takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there as a freelancer. You know, not only is it arduous in the process, but just right. takes a lot of courage, I would think, to just stand on your own for yourself.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. I mean, really, it's very difficult. Freelancing is very difficult. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, but- <laughs> for a lot of for a lot of us dancers i mean if we don't have an option it's you know if we don't have a job like and you want to dance like that's what you have to do like you know and a lot of us just want to dance so badly that it's like okay let's let's do it like do what i have to do to get to get on stage to dance and so um you know it
0: it's it, it, a different it, type of thick skin that i think that it <laughs> Yeah, it would seem that as you go forward in life that things will not affect you in the same way, you know, because you're not, you're not fragile. You know?
1: Yeah. Like I kind of, I, I always struggled with my confidence um, and freelancing really
0: helped me develop. A, I, yeah, I would imagine. Cause it doesn't seem that if a person struggles with their confidence, that they would choose a freelance route because that takes a lot of confidence in my opinion to do that.
1: Well, it helps it, it, it helped It helped me develop more confidence because, you know, you, um, you're you making decisions for yourself all the time. You're not you're right. being constantly told what to do. You're
0: sort of like... Well, you're having to sell yourself, you know, yeah. instead of just walking into a big cattle call. You're saying, you want me because you want me.
1: <laughs> right. And if you don't, well, okay, I'll... You know, move on. Yeah. It's the right choice for me. It's
0: not the right choice That's for me. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. So then, the next question is: I'm With the same wisdom and confidence, and lessons learned, it might be the same advice that you just gave. But what would be your advice to aspiring dancers?
1: <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> what I just told you—that there's, you know, there's many different paths you can take. Um, there's not one size fits all, um, uh, which is hard when when you're young and you don't know what to do and how to how to really get to the next mm-hmm. step um and 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 like for me growing up I really didn't know um a lot of the at my dance studio nobody went on to a dance career like nobody had really done that before they were talented they they got to a certain level and they then they just they went to the school and majored in business and took, right but, got married had kids <laughs> um and I just really didn't understand how to, to get to a professional level and, and you know, thank my teacher for helping me with that very much because um, she had danced professionally, so she was able to kind of steer me in the right direction. But, but you know, there are just different ways if you. Um, and I feel like that we don't always hear about that. We don't. Always I agree with you. Has we hear? You know, we, we hear about the big stars who left home at 15 on full scholarships to be tutored schools, and and. Um, you know, th- those are very few and far between those dancers. And there's a lot of us out there who didn't quite have that, those opportunities. And, um, but we're still able to create dance careers. And so, you know, it's it, not saying that it's not hard work, or that you can rest on your laurels and wait for something to happen. Really, <laughs> But, you know, it, you don't have to give up so easily. You know, you can try another path to get there.
0: That's a great way to put it. And you know, again, that's one of the reasons for this podcast is to help share that because I it is such um kind of a mysterious career and it's hard um for me as a mother without a dance background to know how to help guide it in a in a way in which it showcases that there are a bunch of different options, you know, cuz I always thought it was going to be a wonderful hobby and then you go to college and major in business, and, you know. And uh, now I'm seeing that I have to open my eyes to many different potentials and provide just a plethora of, of avenues, mm-hmm. you know, that she could travel down and, and be okay with any of them. But, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of information, I think, because so many dancers are just riding on urban legend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have, yeah, if it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to work, then you have to look for a different way to make it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's nice to hear. And then finally, um, we can close with, do you have a
1: favorite motivational quote that you'd like to share? Um, yes, I do. It's one that Suzanne says, I'll share a few that Suzanne says that I absolutely love. The first one is, you know what you can do, but you don't know all that you can do, which I think is great because it's true. You know you know what you have achieved, but you don't know there could be more on top of that. And I've always found that very helpful. Um, I love that. Yeah. And then the next one that she says is um, trying is success.
0: Cool. Yeah. I like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I love that it applies... Even beyond dance, you mm-hmm. know, it can apply to any of us for anything.
1: Right. Because if you don't try, it's instant failure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If if you don't succeed, it's, it's okay because you at least tried. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I
0: like that. It's kind of like I say to my kids, you know if you don't ask, you know that the answer will always be no, but, you know. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's a hundred percent chance that you won't get what you don't ask for. Yeah.
1: And that, that little like nugget, right. That trying the success successfully helped me kind of, um, cause I used to sort of get, you know, get very down on myself in class if, if I wasn't having a good class and everyone knew it. And, you know, it, <laughs> it kind of, clouded my vision and to hear that you know kind of made me go okay alright like moving on moving forward you know right and so um, I, I like those two a lot
0: well thank you so much Amy for uh, your time I really appreciate it
1: thanks so thank you for um, for asking me to do this I was really flattered so
0: <laughs> and thank you for tuning in today Amy is wrapping up my series on auditions, and then on Monday, I will be starting off my new series on women in choreography. I've got some outstanding guests coming up, so be sure to tune in for my regularly scheduled shows, which are Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. So we'll be doing two weeks of choreographers, and so it's going to be really great. And stop by my website if you get a moment at balancingpoint.com, P O I N T E. Leave me a comment or a question. And you can also find me on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. So thanks and have a great day.